Hi, my name is Ellie Boatman. I'm a GB Sevens player and Harlequins women's player, and I'm a Loose Heads ambassador, and you're listening to the Loose Heads podcast. Hello, Ellie. Great to have you on for a chat today. Appreciate your time. And that's a hat trick of Loose Heads ambassadors now, uh, with three consecutive podcasts with Loose Heads ambassadors. And the first question, as always, is how are you today out of 10? I would give myself a 7 out of 10 today. 7 out of 10. We're not allowed 7s. Yeah. You have to give a 6.9 oh. or a 7.1. I'll go with 7.1. Perfect. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. And that question comes from one of our partners, Talk Club, and I was actually with them last week, and they've managed to get Tyson Fury to release Sweet Caroline ahead of the Football World Cup in honour of Talk Club. So everyone listening, make sure you give that a listen and spread the word. And talking about music... Ellie, I should let you know, and obviously the listeners know, that although our podcast intro music is absolutely terrible, I've become a little bit attached to it, and I secretly love it. However, we're waiting on some entries from Sarah Beckett, Anna Capeless, and Rona Lloyd, and you must have heard a couple of them perform, if not all of them. What should we expect there? Oh God, they'll have a lot more talent than I will. I thought you were going to ask me to try and do a song then. I was going to say, that is the last thing you want to ask. (laughs) <laughs> but sure have you have you heard obviously rona lloyd you spent quite a bit of time with have you heard her on the yeah. on the ukulele love the ukulele i've heard sarah beckett's meant to be really good actually and yeah i think anna as well on the ukulele potentially as well she's got some good remakes in very irish sounding <laughs> songs but yeah I look forward to that. That'll be. Uh, we'll have to get you to rate them once they come through. Um, but all three of them have sort of said that they'll they'll get something over to us the next week or two. Um, so the first first component of the Loose Heads Clubhouse podcast is the last guest. So that was Sam James has left you a question, and his question for you today is: Crocs are they going out shoes, garden shoes, or sports shoes? <laughs> For me personally, or what I think in general? I, because it's, for me it, it, personally. Yeah, personally, for you. Yeah. Okay. Personally, in my household, I can't really get on board with them that much. So for me, they're like a garden shoe. Like if I need to nip out to the garden, a croc is very handy, but you will never see me going out yeah. like before games in crocs like a lot of people do nowadays. I'm more of like a slider girl, I think. Yeah. Do you Do you own a pair of crocs then? I do, I do. I didn't buy them for myself. I think my dad got them for me for the garden. Um, <laughs> so garden shoes completely. What colour are your Crocs, yeah. by the way? Uh, like a light blue colour. We have quite a lot, actually. I kind of steal some of the others as well. We have quite a few Crocs, but definitely just for the garden. I'm not going to be going out to the shops in my Crocs anytime soon. <laughs> and we spoke about the little things. I don't know what the name of them. I should have looked that up before the, the oh, podcast. But... Giblets. Giblets, so, giblets. Gib- yeah, that's it. That's it. Giblets. Cause... So Sam and I had a chat last week and we were saying there were widgets and obviously it were well, close, but what was it? Gibbets. Giblets. Giblets, I believe. Yeah. I, I only know this because um, my teammate, Alicia Maud, she loves them and Abby Burton as well. And when we were in Cape Town, we were going around the mall and she specifically asked that we had to go to the croc shop and she was buying like 15 <laughs> different giblets. And I was just standing there like, how are you spending this money on little giblet things? So do you have um, any yourself? <laughs> No, I don't have any giblets. Maybe that's what I need to do. Maybe yeah. I'll start, you know, loving Crocs if I get some giblets. Yeah. To be fair, I I love my Crocs. I um I went for a walk around Bristol yesterday with my Crocs, and uh, I'd wear them all the time. I think, but I just I feel like I can't drive in them, and you, I can't be that person who sort of turns up somewhere in the car and then changes the <laughs> shoes. 
I can't do that. Not even if you put them in sports mode. Sports mode. Yeah, that's another big question actually. Um around sports mode. I love I love that whole I saw it on TikTok actually, the the whole sports mode thing. Uh, but I've not got any gibbets and uh I use them for the bins really, taking out the bins. <laughs> so similar Handy. thing. Yeah, similar nice. thing. Garden yeah. garden bins. And um I saw talking about Bristol, saw you were in BS three this weekend at Ashton Gate watching Bristol Bears versus Wasps with the first match back in the in the Premier Fifteens. How was that? Yeah, no, it was good to get down there. I've never actually um, watched a match live at Ashton Gate, so oh, wow. it was a really cool stadium. I was really impressed. Um, and yeah, I think the Bristol Bears girls have got such a good programme at the moment, and they had their names on the back of their shirts for the first time, so that was so cool to see. I think that was quite a big thing. I don't, I don't think people realise how big that is for some people. Yeah. Um, so no, that was really cool. Kind of nice to be a, a spectator yeah. um, and watching the crowd, yeah. Yeah, and I guess I know that the result wasn't really in Wasps' favour, but just how good is it to see them playing? Yeah, they've had such a tough time recently. Like, just even to have 15 girls out playing on the pitch was a massive, massive thing. And afterwards, the two teams came together and they had a huddle and the Bristol Bears girls thanked them for being able to come and, and get the fixture ahead and just all the staff behind the scenes as well. Like everyone's working so hard just to even get a team out. So, um, yeah, I really feel for them. It's tough, but it was so good to see them actually just playing. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. And obviously you were part of that Wasp squad until earlier this year where you made the switch across London to Harlequins. How are you, how are you settling in? Yeah, no, it's been, it's been good actually. It's been a big change. Um, it wasn't an easy decision at all. Um, but you know, Harlequins is an incredible club, and the program, the staff, and everyone have been so welcoming. And just the facilities, like the first time I walked into the gym, I was like, wow, well, this is yeah. this is amazing. So um, no, they've got a great group of girls there. Um, so I've kind of been a lot of sevens training recently, so I haven't been at Quinn's quite as much as some of the other girls. But um, no, definitely loved it so far. Yeah. Yeah, it, it looks it looks like a great place to be. And obviously there'll be loads of people who will have tuned into the Rugby World Cup over the past few weeks and perhaps even watching women's rugby for the first time. And, you know, you mentioned it there, women's rugby on the on the rise with Bristol Bears even putting the, the sort of the names on the back of the shirts. Um, what would be your message to those people that haven't been down to their local club, their, their Premier 15s club? They, you know, they've watched the Rugby World Cup. Why should they come down and, and, and watch you girls play? Yeah, just give it a chance. Like a lot of those girls you're seeing at the World Cup, that is the standard you're seeing most weekends at club rugby as well. And we're literally in the most competitive league in the world at the moment for women's rugby. So many players are coming from overseas just to play in our league. Um, and there's so much exciting running rugby and women's rugby. So just give it a chance and I'm sure you'll really enjoy it. No, I completely agree with that. I've I've said that I'll get down to Shaftesbury Park. I was going I was supposed to go to the Ashton Gate game, but um, I forgot. Um, you know Joey Milburn. I forgot that he actually bought us um, tickets to go to Wales, Georgia. So I was at that at the weekend. But I'll a hundred percent be. Oh wow! Down to, what a uh, game! <laughs> yeah, what a game! As a Welsh fan myself, what a game! Eh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> unreal. Was... I mean, as an English fan, it was quite nice to turn around, <laughs> see the TV, and see Georgia a point up, but. I'm yeah. sure it wasn't great to be a Welsh fan that day. Yeah. Do you know what? I can actually, as being a rugby fan, I like seeing how much it meant to Georgia, though. It was actually incredible to be there on such a, well, it was a historic moment, really, wasn't it? So I, I can appreciate it. Um, but yeah, not great for Wales. But yeah, we talk about we talk about fans there, though, and, and getting down to your local club. It's something that I know means a lot to you. And uh, in particular, little Livy. 
um, who is uh, a loose ed's mascot and um, just a general superstar. How sad was she when you left Wasps? <laughs> I think her mum had to um, break it to her, bless her. Yeah, oh. she was a little bit upset. But to be honest, I think like she would just support every single team yeah. she could. Like she just loves watching women's rugby and seeing, you know, the the women playing and yeah, she, she I think she would be at any game if I was playing yeah. for any club and yeah. She's been to be honest, she's she's been moving on to the red roses and things recently. She's been everywhere. So yeah, she's um, I can't in the keep advert. up with her calendar now. Yeah. <laughs> she's in the advert. She went to watch their training. So um, I'm probably not the priority anymore, to be honest. <laughs> no, I'm sure you. I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are. We're going to be filming something cool for a loose edge campaign around International Women's Day with Livy and also Frankie, who you met at the match yesterday. I saw too. So yeah. for those people listening, uh, that's one to keep an eye out for. And um, talking about loose edge campaigns, you um, the fir- one of the first things you got involved with, you know, in, in terms of loose edge, Ellie, was the This Means More campaign last year, which was all about why we play the game and why we love the game. And you said rugby has been part of your life since the age of four. Uh, Can you just explain a little bit more about how you first got involved with rugby? Yeah, of course. So I started at about four years old at Camley Rugby Club. Um, I was very much born into rugby. Um, My dad always played rugby, featured quite a lot at my parents' wedding. Um, My brother played and basically I just got sick of watching him and I just wanted to get involved. So, um, yeah, I was one of the only girls that was playing. Um, but actually, at the time, Alex Matthews was also at Cambly Rugby Club oh, yeah. and she was in my brother's team. So even then, I had someone to look up to. Um, and, yeah, all the boys respected her so much. So I thought she was really cool. So I wanted to play. So I played at Cambly Rugby Club. And then when, when I couldn't play with the boys anymore, I moved up to London Irish Girls. Um, I think when it was based up in Sunbury and Alex was there as well um, yeah. and stayed there from under 13s and under 15s um, and then I speak about this quite a lot but I then took a complete break from rugby for a few years and completely fell out of love with it didn't enjoy it anymore was getting quite a lot of stick for it at school at secondary school and like had a few negative coaching experiences and yeah I just completely fell out of love with it and then went to university was horse riding at the time I was on the horse riding team um, and one of my best friends was the captain for the women's rugby team down in Southampton and she was just like oh we're missing a player why don't you come and play and I was like oh I'm done with rugby eventually convinced me we both played I think we both scored a hat trick it was so much fun just had a buzz that I hadn't experienced in such a long time so I then started playing for uni and then started playing for the local side called Trojans and then kind of worked my way up to the premiership um and then first started at Saracens was there for a season very much development league then um I wasn't I don't think I was quite the standard of premiership back then and then um moved to Richmond for a season um and then Covid obviously happened and um they found out they were being removed from the the Premier 15s and then spent the last few seasons at Wasps and now at Harlequin so I kind of moved my way around London yeah not planned um <laughs> I'm not not trying to club hop around London, but um, it's just kind of been my journey so far. So yeah, I did genuinely did not plan to become a professional rugby player when I was nineteen, twenty. I just fell back in love with it, and yeah. amazingly, I've kind of found my way here now. So I'm really grateful for it now, but it definitely wasn't in the plan. Amazing, amazing journey. Like you say, you've been to every single professional club in London. So um, yeah, club, hopping around clubs in, in London. But you spoke a little bit there about 
sort of in your in your late teens you sort of stopped playing rugby. Can you just explain a little bit more about how that happened and, and why that happened? Yeah, I think in your teenage years, obviously a lot is changing and at secondary school it sort of became a lot more girly and it just wasn't that accepted compared to when I was younger and at junior school, the boys thought it was really cool that I played rugby. But as soon as I was sort of an older teenager, it wasn't as cool. And yeah, yeah people started teasing me and I had a few coaches who I didn't have the best experience with them I wasn't really enjoying training and I just thought why am I going to training every week why am I sacrificing my social life at this age if I'm not enjoying it so I remember the conversation where I sat my parents down and I could just see my parents the heartbreak but to be honest I don't know if I'd still be playing now if I hadn't have taken that break so I'm still glad I did it um yeah I I stopped playing I that I had that sit down with my parents sort of when I was 13, 14. I played football first. I played rugby when I was really young. And then I played football. I When it was the decision, rugby or football, I picked football. And then when I decided to start playing rugby again, I sat my parents down like you do. And my, my parents both met at a, a rugby club. So it was, um, I could see the joy in their eyes where it was like, yes, he's picking rugby now. But I actually, I actually stopped playing when I went to uni. And it's something that I... I actually massively regret. I think a lot of people do the same. So there is that sort of uh, dip in sort of playing numbers when you when you sort of get to that age. And we we what we're trying to do at Loose Heads is sort of you know say that rugby does support your mental fitness. It does support your mental health. And I sort of say that, and I I know that I gave it up. I know it is easy to sort of give it up, but um, stick stick with it. I guess it's um it's it's great that you got back into playing and you've had a a belter of the last couple of uh, you know seasons and you're named in the the Premier 15's team of the season last year too and you you know you you're quite vocal to say that one of your favorite moments of last season was playing at Twickenham in the big game what was it like to run out at, at HQ in front of so many fans oh that was honestly unreal definitely up there with one of my favorite rugby memories just Twickenham is special anyway and if you especially if you're an English rugby player just playing at HQ like it's incredible and just there was quite a big crowd even for the women's game yeah. um, because so many people love it as a day out between Christmas and New Year. So it's not necessarily always rugby fans. I feel like there's a lot of people yeah. there who aren't necessarily into rugby. They're just there for the like sort of social side of it. But the crowd and the noise is just so special. And yeah, when I scored in the corner, honestly, it was amazing. It was such a cool experience. So yeah, yeah. definitely up there with one of my favourite memories, even though we lost, but yeah. still. <laughs> yeah, I was going to mention that. I was going to say, and you scored that day. Too. How how cool was it going going in in the corner? Oh, amazing! And like I didn't I didn't expect it at the time. Like I was in shock on the try line because it kind of came from nowhere. Like it was a bit of a, a bit of a weird ball. I mean, I've watched it back so many times. I thought <laughs> I have no idea how we managed to score that. But no, it was it was it was a really amazing moment. And we actually really needed that try at that point in the game. Like obviously we went on we went on to lose it. But I remember it was just a bit of a momentum shift as well where we all stood on the try line and we were like we can do this like we need to up a gear now yeah um so yeah that was a special moment for sure amazing amazing i had a very different experience when i played at twickenham in the daily mail cup final i was 15 and i've never i've fullback never ever ever dropped a high ball ever in my life even when i went down to the park with my dad i'd never drop a high ball ball went up first like five minutes at, at twickenham and uh the ball hit me in the face <laughs> and oh, although no. although the ball went backwards and my mate picked up the ball and ran past the whole team nearly scored he didn't but 
Um, if I hadn't dropped the ball, he wouldn't have had that moment of uh, brilliance. Yeah, so, exactly. You, you basically helped him, but how <laughs> much did that hurt your pride afterwards? <laughs> oh yeah, I had a, I actually had a nosebleed. <laughs> so, oh no! Yeah, it was awful, awful. I didn't score, you did. But uh, we talk about scoring. It seems to be something you're very familiar with in both sevens and fifteens, and it's the Dubai sevens next week. And um, one of the components of this podcast is that we um, we try and get people to, each guest that comes on, we try and get them to undertake a challenge in honour of the Lucids podcast. And at the moment, it's started to become me just challenging different guests to do a celebration when they score. A couple other people, so one, Jacob Imarga did something when, when, when he scored and we, we sort of plastered that everywhere on social media. We should continue this with you because... You're 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 too modest to say you're definitely going to score <laughs> just do five sevens. So I reckon we should. Well, get... I hope so. <laughs> so I reckon. We'll see, but I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> so I reckon we should get you to do a celebration in honor of the the Loose Heads podcast. What do you think? Yeah, I'm keen for that. Do you know what I was thinking the other day? And someone said to me, they were like, "You just don't look very happy when you score." Like sometimes you smile, but like loads of people in sevens have got a celebration or something really cool. And I just kind of walk back and look a bit <laughs> tired. So maybe <laughs> this is going to help with, <laughs> this is going to help me when I score as well. I was trying to have a think about what we could do and we could do, I mean, this is because an an L like that, but that's for Livy as well. So it's for loose heads and for Livy. And that could oh, be quite nice. I like that. It could be quite yeah, nice. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. All right, we'll do that then. I was I was going to ask you for another idea, but we're going to stick with that. No, I like that. However, when you're facing the camera, what? Yeah, that's that true. That might be a really stupid question. What? No, no, it's not a stupid question. It's not a stupid question at all. I don't really know now. Yeah, I'd have to go backwards to what I would. That was quite cool with that. How are you doing that? Why? I, why did I do it? <laughs> wow! Right, we're that gonna that one. Although that then looks like I mean, you're doing really some, simple. some yeah, shape. It looks like I'm doing some sort of weird box dance. <laughs> right, figure no, okay, if, that way round. That way round. Right, okay. Let's let's stick okay. with that. Perfect. We'll we'll see that. Hopefully, we'll see that at the at the Dubai Sevens next week. You've got to remind me though, because I am a bit forgetful. Okay, so. I'll I'll make sure I'll send yeah. you a WhatsApp beforehand. Amazing. We we had um. We had Stacey Fluler on the podcast recently, just before the the Rugby World Cup, and and she was talking about playing, obviously both sevens and fifteens. And I, I know you must get that question all the time, but what's the what's it like playing both, and what are the main differences? Yeah, it is. Sometimes it is quite hard to come back from sevens training and go back into fifteens um, and kind of think about the different things. But I guess playing on the wing in both does help yeah. because I do have a similar role. It's just remembering some differences and also sometimes when I'm in 15s and the weather's not so great I'm like wow I'm not going to touch the ball anywhere near as sevens yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's probably the main differences but um no I, I do enjoy both and yeah you're right I do I do get questions all the time people are always saying you know do you want to play for the Red Roses and of course that would be such a cool experience but you know sevens came knocking on my door first and it's given me so many cool experiences in the last year and with an Olympics in the very close future, you know, that's kind of my priority at the moment. But I do enjoy both forms of the game and I can, I will continue to do both. So, um, yeah, definitely moving forward. You, you spoke about the amazing experiences there and travelling the world. It's such an amazing opportunity. What's your, what's the, fa- what's your favourite place that you've been to? And, and a question that I asked Stacey was, um, what's the best food that you've had? Best food? Wow. Um, best tournament festival? I would probably say Dubai because 
one it was my first ever international cap this time last year so I think that will always be special but I also went to Dubai to play social sevens in like 2018 and I remember watching the international teams at the time and I never thought I'd be good enough at the time but I remember saying being like I really want to play for country and come back and do it here and I actually did so I think it like it's a really special tournament to me so I'm really excited um yeah Dubai is a really cool one and then food I mean the food in the Dubai hotel is pretty good I'm I'm not gonna (laughs) lie they do really good food there um South Africa the steaks in Cape Town unreal if you're ever gonna have a steak go to Cape Town yeah I really want to go to I really want to go to South Africa. It's on my list. I wanted to go to the Lions tour, but um COVID came at the wrong time, so mm. yeah. But South Africa's on my list and steak in South Africa is also on my list, so. <laughs> Honestly ridiculous. I've never seen steak like it. So I highly recommend. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Some other Lucid's ambassadors have been or are in and around that sort of seven setup. Jody Owensley, Jazz Joyce, Rona Lloyd, Abby Burton, obviously you're, you're really good mates with a lot of the players in that team. And I guess being mates with them, spending a lot of time with them, how do you build that bond on and off the pitch? Yeah, I think the advantage with sevens is that obviously there's a lot less of us. So when we go away, it's only 13 of us. Whereas the Red Roses, I guess when they were at the World Cup, there was is it 32 of them, but a lot, a lot more. So I think that's the advantage with sevens, that there is so few of you that you do bond really quickly. And because we're all effectively backs in sevens as well. Like most of us do play in the backs in 15s. We are all quite yeah. similar players as well. So yeah, I think a lot of the bonding experiences, I guess, happen when we're at tournaments and like our days off, sometimes we get to do some cool things together. But you learn to win together and you learn to have some really tough losses together. And it's how you build as a team. And I don't think people realise how important it is to have a really close-knit sevens team. Um it is some yeah crazy emotional roller coasters the tournaments yeah. like you can you can have some amazing wins in one weekend and then the next game you crash out of a tournament so it's definitely important to be close to each other the Lucid's Clubhouse podcast is sponsored by two wonderful organisations Days non-alcoholic beer 100% beer 0% alcohol brewed in Scotland and B Corp certified 2% of their sales go towards progressive mental health initiatives. It's beer for doing and great for active people and opening up conversations. They have just launched in Wagamama's and Tesco. It tastes great and they've provided us with a special discount just for you. Enter code LUCEDS20 for 20% off at checkout. And 4-5, CBD and vitamin brand created by professional rugby players George Cruz and Dom Day after suffering injuries during their playing careers. They have thousands of athlete customers and are the official wellness partner to Leicester Tigers and Saracens. You can find them in Boots, Next and Tesco. And exciting news, they have just launched their hydration tablet. They too have provided us with a bespoke discount code. Enter code LH20 for 20% off over at their website, 45.com. It's something I've asked on the podcast where we've had ambassadors on, but why did you want to get involved with with Lucids and be part of that family? Yeah, I think it's such an incredible charity with what you're doing with getting a mental health lead in, in every single club because I think for so long, so many people just have been so afraid to speak about their mental health. And I'm very open now about what I've experienced, but I talk a lot in terms of um, disordered eating that I went through and not a great time with my mental health at university. And um, I just wish at the time I'd had the confidence to speak to someone. And I think I'm so vocal now about... Um, speaking out and and seeking help and um, to be part of a charity who's really 
all for that and wanting to get that in every single rugby club I just think it's such an incredible thing so to be a very small part of it is um, definitely very um, very cool thing to be a part of. No, it's amazing to have you on board and you spoke there uh, a little bit about your own journey uh, speaking very openly and honestly about uh, eating disorders body image body confidence and uh, you know you've you've got your own journey like you say just tell us a little bit about that journey of of yours and why you're using your platform and your profile to inspire others yeah I actually did a a webinar on Friday night which is the first time I've done anything like that and I had to speak for like an hour and it was absolutely terrifying but it was so incredible um and had some really nice messages afterwards and in the webinar I spoke about things that I'd never actually said out loud and um at university when I was there I basically really really under eight um and it was when I'd quit rugby as well um just became so focused on calories and looking a certain way and it became so unhealthy and I was probably in my worst mental health stage I'd ever been and after that you know what comes after under eating is quite often you end up binging and um I'd never said this out loud as of last week but I it got to a point where I basically started making myself sick and I would take laxatives and other things and I just realized that it was really not healthy at all and it didn't take me until that to reach out for help and actually work with a particular um lady who's a doctor and um works with people with disordered eating and she's a fitness coach and things and I'm so glad I worked with her and finally reached out but it shouldn't take that long period of time to get to that point so if me speaking out and being honest about what I went through and kind of the early stages of that and what I experienced you know a bit later on is going to help someone or going to think that it's going to make them think maybe I should go and speak to a friend or someone then that that's massive for me because I yeah. never really had anyone to speak to at the time or I may have but I didn't think I did um so yeah some of the messages I've received just from even putting out a 10 second video back in April about what I went through and then doing a video with Premier 15s I had like mums and dads messaging me about their daughters who do and don't play rugby and what they'd experienced and it was just so amazing that I'd been able to reach quite a wide variety of people already just from speaking out and I yeah I think we do have a platform um maybe not as big as other sports but I think if we can use it in order to help other people then I think we should so that's why I've started being a lot more open yeah no that's absolutely amazing that's very inspiring to hear and if we can you know just be a little bit of a, a support with uh, with the platform that we've got to help you sort of get that message out there even more to you even said it there it's it's the mums and dads but also it's the, the the young people who are in your situation um when you're at university and and it's all about inspiring change and and just sort of tackling down that stigma and breaking down what what we think and what we see on social media as well that's another thing i wanted to talk about is you know not everything you see on instagram is real um sort of stuff and we spoke about that with with jacob umaga uh, when we had him on the podcast something a little bit different but talking about you know just if you have a bad performance you sort of know you've had a bad performance you don't need other people to say but this is a bit different it's it's you know it's not believing and not you know everything you see on instagram it isn't it isn't real yeah you're completely right and this is something i we spoke about in the webinar was that it's scary how many different editing apps and like you you can have someone a video and they can completely edit their body and you wouldn't even know and that's a that's a video 
Um, so like, how do you know what you're seeing on a daily basis is actually real? And some people become so consumed in that. And it just, yeah, it makes me really angry when you see women's bodies using in as like trends and like yeah. how, you know, certain fashions come in with being skinny for a certain month. And then a year later, it's about like having glutes and yeah. it shouldn't be that way at all. It should, it should be about health and being fit and strong. And that's what I was trying promote now on my channels because I know how easy it is to get sucked in especially with younger girls being on Instagram now and like growing up now social media is everywhere like you can't yeah. get away from it um so I do think social media needs to massively be put in schools in terms of education and actually the risks of what you're seeing and yeah it's definitely a, a bit of a minefield when it comes to Instagram and TikTok and all sorts. But if we can get more female athletes and, and even non-athletes influencers and things being more real and showing more photos that they haven't edited and things, then hopefully that's going to help. Yeah. Yeah. And it's something that we are at Loose Ed. So we're working on a, uh, a mental health youth module. Um, so it's for 10 to 18 year olds and it goes into some of the topics, some of the issues that that sort of age category um, face on a, on a daily basis. So two of the things that we're working on, we're working on around about six to eight topics, um, but two of those are one's body image and one is social media. So something that I'd love to get you involved in as well, um, for sure. And one of the actually really sad things that came out of that, we did a survey and one of the one of the clubs have actually done their own survey that we work with and, and they've sort of put it out there to their under 13s and one of the one of the guys came back from 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 that um, club and said that um, he gets a bit worried taking his top off in the changing room and that's sort of preventing him from going to play rugby. So the more we talk about this, it's it, it's it's really it's it's actually really important stuff. This and hopefully with this youth module, um, we can educate people. And like you said, there it's all about the education piece, isn't it? Something that we talk about at Loose Heads is prevent, promote, educate, signpost. If we can do all of those four things. Um, we're hopefully going to be helping and, and inspiring others. Something that I wanted to talk to you there about is, is your own channels. You talk a lot on your on your TikTok about this sort of stuff, but we should also talk about you becoming a little bit of a, a TikTok star as well. Um, I enjoyed the post about uh, Ilona Mayher as well. Um, that was that was quite a funny one. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was just a bit of a lighthearted video. I kept seeing that video getting posted everywhere, and I thought. That was my first tournament for England and <laughs> that was back in January and it keeps getting posted. So I thought I was just going to react to it because if, if people watch sevens all the time, moments like that happen literally all the time to yep. the best players. And like, I probably took it to heart when I first started in sevens, but now I just laugh because it honestly happens all the time. And she is an incredible player. Like, I mean, if you, if you, if you've seen the video, don't try and tackle her like that because <laughs> that's what will happen. Um, <laughs> but no, 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 it was funny. I just didn't expect that reaction from it and the amount of Americans that were in my message message requests and stuff. Um, no, it was funny. No, I, I do enjoy TikTok. I think it's um, a platform where you can reach so many people and Alona like, is so successful with hers and what she said is really cool recently and actually what which I've experienced a few times is people commenting on your video saying um I watched your video the other week so I went down to my local club and tried rugby for the first time and you're like yeah and you're like that's so cool from me making literally a 10 second TikTok video you've actually tried a new sport yeah. and whether they continue to play or not still that they've gone and tried it and yeah. it's putting sports like women's rugby on the map a bit more because 
still to this day people don't know that women play rugby which is crazy but yep. you know if there's more videos of of women playing rugby going viral on tiktok then it's only going to help us get more interest in the sport so yeah. i'm all for it i was very skeptical at first don't get me wrong i refused to get it in lockdown yeah because i was like i'm just going to get sucked into a tiktok hole which does potentially happen sometimes but yeah. um yeah I no, do now i think it's really cool <laughs> only sometimes you not all time. restrictions on it yeah. I, I have to put restrictions on it or otherwise it's too much Especially at night, it can it can be too easy. I quite like the dances. I I get involved in them. <laughs> oh, I try, but I everyone in my team in sevens says yeah. that I am very stiff, and <laughs> they're not wrong. Dancing is not my strong point, and it never will be. So um, I tend to avoid those a bit more yeah. and do more of the kind of talking and other things. But um, no, some of the girls in our team are really good at dancing actually, and they they make some really cool videos, and I'm quite envious. But um. <laughs> Yeah, Brona Lloyd is one of those. She she loves a bit of a, a yeah. TikTok dance, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah, she yeah, she's done really well with hers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. The, the Scotland girls have actually got some really good ideas, I feel. Yeah. Ours aren't so creative. <laughs> um, Amazing. <laughs> we've Amazing. definitely stolen their ideas a few times. <laughs> and it wouldn't be it wouldn't be right, uh, coming on to something a little bit different. It wouldn't be right if we didn't talk about Budgie Smuggler, another organisation you support heavily, and um, Loose Heads and Budgie Smuggler, we, we've done a bit of a collaboration, and we've actually got a few more bits lined up with them, uh, which is really exciting. But you're you're a big fan of of Budgie Smuggler as well. Yeah, no, they're great. They're they're such a great team. I'm really good friends with all of them, and I've done some cool events with them. Um, so yeah, hoping to potentially be a little bit more permanent with them, but. Um, it does help when my best friend's husband does all their content. So um, they are literally my friends as well. As yeah. Like, yeah, no, it's a really cool brand. They're just all about promoting sport and, you know, fun swimwear. And I'm, yeah, they're all for like promoting different athletes and things. So I think they're a really cool brand. And the fact that they've gone on board with Loose Heads as well and do collaborations like that, I think is, um, is really good. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because some people come to me all the time and they're like, can you get me like 60% off? And I'm like, it, it doesn't quite work like that, but um, <laughs> don't think I have that much say, but we've got, uh, we've got some exciting things in the, in the pipeline with budgie smuggler. So for those people listening, keep an eye out for that. And one of the, uh, uh, not the last component of this podcast, but this, the, the penultimate um, component to this podcast is a little bit of a weird one, Ellie. And it's the pensive pre-pod poo ponder and it's sponsored by sam james so it's a, a different ponder each week and this week i was writing it down actually and it was a little bit mind-boggling and it is if you try to fail and you succeed which have you done wait if you try to fail and you succeed which one have you done yeah have you, if you try to fail and you succeed have you failed or have you succeeded well, you've done both. Yeah. <laughs> that, wow. Correct. It's, a, it's, a, yeah. it's mind-boggling, that, isn't it? Yeah, because you've, you've tried to fail, but you've failed in failing, but you've ultimately succeeded, so you've succeeded as well. Yeah, you've done both. All right, we'll have that. You've done both, yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll have wow. that. That's, that's, that's very answer. confusing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a good ponder this week from Sam. Um, and the last, the last bit of the podcast, um, obviously you answered Sam's, uh, question at the start of the podcast what is your question for the start of the podcast with our next guest and it can be about anything I would like to know if they have any particular superstitions before games Ooh, that's a good one 
So whether that's eating the same food or wearing specific pants or anything like that, I love hearing people's different superstitions. That's a good so one. That would be my question. Do you have any superstitions? Um, so it used to be that I had to have porridge before every game. <laughs> right. So I could not eat the same breakfast, basically. And I had kind of the sim- similar routine in the morning. But I kind of went out the window with sevens because if you go to tournaments for instance in rugby europe and you're staying in particular hotels in romania and bulgaria yeah. and these sorts of places you're not always going to have access to porridge or you have no idea what you're going to get fed so um i had to uh, quickly change that one i didn't enjoy it but i sort of had to try different breakfast choices but <laughs> yeah that's it really i'm not really that crazy on superstitions actually yeah. because i'm always worried that what if you forget your pants or yeah. something that day yeah then no you're happens? right there you're right there. Just on porridge, mm-hmm. it's one of the one of the things that we do. Obviously, every time you're testing the audio for um, the video camera, uh, you ask what what's your what have you had for breakfast? And loads of rugby players have porridge. They all of them have porridge, apart from Johnny Johnny May, who just seems to have eggs. Um, just eggs. Just nothing eggs. Else. He just said, yeah, Johnny. We're we're testing wow. the audio. Eggs. Johnny, we're testing the audio. Eggs. But no, porridge seems to be a thing that. Um, Rugby players absolutely love. I did actually have porridge this morning. There you go. So, so, yeah. did so, yeah. so did I. So did I. <laughs> that time of year, you need a, yeah. a nice warm breakfast, you know. That's it. That's it. Thanks Thanks for coming on today, Ellie, for a chat. Best of luck with um, the rest of the... Well, you've not played yet, but the, the, the Premier 15 season at your new club, Quinns. Best of luck on the seventh circuit. Looking forward to seeing the celebration at Dubai next week, hopefully. And I'll see you soon. Thank you. Loose Heads Podcast. Loose Heads Podcast. Podcast.